Welcome or welcome back to trail and ultra running training. This week I'm talking about one of the biggest mistakes I tend to see when it comes to training and why people aren't getting the results that they think they should be. You might fall in this category, you might not, but a lot of the time it comes down to shiny object syndrome. We hear about something new and we decide to chase it and instead we should just be focusing on the basics and trying to get exceptionally good at the basics. It's not always the most interesting, but it is incredibly effective if your goal is to actually get faster, like so many people say. And if this is helpful to you, please like click the follow or subscribe or whatever that little button is that shows the podcast AI that you like listening to this. I'd really appreciate it. It helps get the show out to more people, which is the whole reason I do this in the first place. All right, let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you improve your training so you can have more fun out on the trails. Today, I want to talk about why so many people, maybe you, are not seeing the progress that you want to be seeing or think you should be seeing based on the work you've been putting in. I was actually going to talk about something different today related to like psychology and some other stuff. And then I was having a conversation with somebody today at work and it kind of lit a fire under me to go a different direction tonight. So one of the most common mistakes I see in getting faster, that's what we're talking about, but it could be making any progress, is that you might constantly be looking for something new. You do not always need to be doing a new thing or something fancy. You need to get good at very few things, like great at a very few few things. One workout that I see people talk about a lot, and this is a marathon workout, so for multiple reasons, I've never prescribed it, but Yasso's. Yasso's are named after Bart Yasso, who was um, a legend in the running world, worked for runner's world for a long time. And what these are, if you don't know, you run an 800 meter at a converted marathon pace. And that would be, if you want to run a 3.30 marathon, you run a 3 minute and 30 second 800 meter. Then you jog for the same amount of time, and you repeat that 10 times. And in theory, according to Bart Yasso, if you can do that, then you can hit your marathon time. And they're, they're kind of fun in a like, horrendously miserable way um, to do. They're fun to talk about. They're fun to think about. Like, hmm, it's, it's kind of amazing that if I could run a bunch of 800s at a 3 minute 30 second pace, then I could also run a 3.30 marathon. It feels too good to be true. And although... Bart Yasso talks about this being a thing that he used regularly and was like a good testing metric for him. There is no actual crossover for this. Um, there's no reason why that would be the case. I haven't heard of any professional running coach really using them. And I'm, by that, I mean not professional running coaches who make their money running. It's people who coach professional runners. I very rarely hear anybody out of like recreational and like high-level recreational runners talk about them. And there's certainly nothing that would seem to indicate why 
a very specific and awful VO2 max workout would have any crossover to a largely aerobic and lactate-fueled marathon. Like, it doesn't make sense. If anything, they're probably what Steve Magnus refers to as like a sea god workout. And that comes from, I think it was his coach, it might be his podcast partner, John Marcus, but either way. Um, a couple times a season when they were on cross country or track, they would come, the coach would be like, all right, boys, it's time to see God. That basically meant that they were in for a really rough day. And I don't do those kind of workouts very often. Um, I did them a couple times in high school and they do serve a purpose. They serve a like testing of your mental conditioning. So if you think that your whole team is mentally strong enough to finish that workout, then this is a great thing to push because it will boost your self-confidence by a lot. And my roommate in college actually told me a workout that they did on their cross-country team. And I think it was like 24 400s or something. Like just something insanely excessive. It was, it was absolutely excessive from a physiological standpoint. But if we're looking at a bunch of 17-year-old boys who don't have a lot of confidence in themselves and really want to win state, then it can serve that purpose for sure. And that's really the whole point of a Sea God workout. And that's kind of where a Yasso might have a good amount of crossover. To be clear, they're not supposed to be like a training mechanism for getting you to the, that time in a marathon. So if you run like a 245 um, pace for your 800s, it's not like guaranteeing that like that's building you the fitness. He, he actually said that they're a testing mechanism, and that could be true. If you can run 10 hard VO2 max sprints in a row, then yeah, you can probably run a pretty ridiculous marathon. But I'm not sure that there's any actual testing mechanism. But back to my original point, they are interesting. They're fun. They're cool to talk about. I just spent the last four minutes talking about them because they're kind of weird. And this is where we often run into issues in training. We take the interesting thing, even if it's a little silly, whether over the like boring, really effective work. Getting really good at anything, running, lifting, whatever, cooking, let me tell you, isn't always interesting. Effective training can be a little boring, and this is true of any skill that you're trying to build. Everybody I know is a great coder has just spent a lot of time making mistakes on stupid pieces of code that they didn't really want to do. Everybody I know who's a great chef has probably destroyed more dishes than you ever will. And it's not interesting, but it works, and it makes you good at what you're trying to do. You don't need a hundred different kinds of intervals. You should be really good, like stupid good. It's so good that like it is boring to some degree at a few different types of intervals. And this is why a lot of us struggle, because we would rather be suffering than bored. And you're not going to get great at VO2 max intervals in three weeks but they're not interesting to talk about. They're three minutes of really hard work, three minutes of rest, depending on the interval. Sometimes that rest is walking or your hands on your knees, and you do that like five or six times. 
not an interesting thing to discuss. But they're hard to nail perfectly because you really are trying to hit this very consistent, difficult pace, like a mile race pace, for three or four minutes. And that can be a tough thing to do. It is probably going to take you three weeks, especially if we're looking on trails, right? So if we're looking at, like, running uphill for your VO2 max efforts, then we're not even going to necessarily be running by pace. It is going to be running by effort, and that's even harder. It's probably going to take you three to four weeks to figure out what that effort fully feels like. And by the time you're done with those three to four weeks, then we're kind of done with that block of VO2 training and you just stimulate it once every month for the rest of the cycle. Getting really good at running is a multi-year process for this exact reason. And you don't need to do like a ton of different intervals for this exact reason. You need to practice the ones that actually matter over and over again and get the adaptations that they're giving to your body. It's the same with strength training. You don't need to do a hundred different exercises. You probably need to be good at about 15. And you're not going to do them all at the same time. I use a lot more exercises than that. That's because all of my clients have slightly different needs. Some of them need to fix their um, antiverted femurs, and some of them need to fix their, like, kyphosis in their back, right? So, like, me knowing <laughs> multiple hundreds of exercises matters, and we'll throw them in just to keep things a little interesting sometimes, especially for, like, accessory work. But end of the day, we're squatting every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And a hundred sets of squats, not all at the same time, that's ridiculous, will get you like so much stronger than trying to figure out how to do a hundred different exercises for your legs. A hundred sets of overhead presses will get you so much stronger than like a hundred different shoulder things. And even if you only did that one thing, you would still be really strong in the shoulders. Maybe not balanced, maybe not perfect, but you would be much stronger than if you did all the like front and lateral and rear raises to your heart's content. And when if we're looking at a hundred sets, even better if it's a thousand or ten thousand. It might be a little I've probably done ten thousand sets of squats in my life. And yeah, they're sometimes a little boring, but they like require you to actually like they require you to focus on improvement. And the more you focus on improvement, the better you get, and the more you get out of each workout. Even in the past year, I've increased my squat form. They're prettier, they're deeper, my feet are more organized, and now I can actually get a lot more out of a set of squats from a strength perspective with less weight because I can do them better. All of this is to say, like, maybe it's not that interesting, but it does actually require you to also like the thing that you want to improve. Becoming a better runner actually requires you to enjoy running. Trying to be a really good like power lifter requires you to actually enjoy lifting, chef cooking, etc. Like I realize this feels obvious, but I think this isn't appreciated sometimes. I think we get so caught on the end goal. Like we look at our race, we're like, I just need to get to 50 or 100 or 240 miles or whatever it may be. I need to be able to run for 24 hours without stopping. Any of these things like that, that becomes so much the daily thought in our head that we forget that we actually enjoy doing this activity. And 
when I talk to people, they say that they want to be running for years and they have this like long like bucket list of races, like the races they literally want to do before they die. And you can't do all of them in one year if you want to do them well. I mean, heck, some of these like longer lists like you couldn't do in a decade. And yet we get so caught up on trying to like get the next thing, get the next buckle, get the next medal, like whatever. We forget to actually like focus on the daily act of running. Like you get to go do a thing that's really cool. And I run into this a lot when it comes to diet too. Like I'm a personal trainer at gym and people come to me wanting to lose body fat. That is a conversation I get to have a lot. It's not a like thing I talk a lot about here because it's not the right space, but I talk about fat loss a lot. It should not be surprising based on my job. And the most common trait amongst those who succeed in loss of body fat is they're not trying to do it quickly and get it over with. So many people I talk to when it comes to weight loss like have this idea that they want to go on a quick diet and then get back to what they're currently doing. And it just doesn't work like that. It doesn't, it, never, it doesn't work like that. You don't get to be where you are go do a thing, and then come back to doing the exact same things you're doing now, and not come back to where you are now. Like, if you come back to what you're doing now, then you will end up in the same place as before. I have the same thing with runners who do strength training. They'll be running every day, or like six days a week, and then they have this marathon coming up, and they're like cranking towards their peak period, and they're increasing their mileage, and then somewhere, depends on the runner, what that mileage may be, but then they start to have a little pain, and then it starts to get a little tweaky, and then they have a little more pain. And then finally, they're like, ah, I should probably do strength training. So they come and talk to me and someone else about strength training. And then they do the strength training until their race. And usually that's like two months out from when they finally do it. And they're like, ah, this is magic. I'm stronger in my quads, and my knee doesn't hurt anymore. It's fantastic. And then they do the strength training until the race, and they finish the race, and then they never come back to the gym, and then they end up in the exact same injury cycle the next race. Because they went back to doing the exact same thing they were doing when they were injured, so they went back to being injured. If you want to make improvements, we need to figure out a way for this to be a long-term change, a long-term lifestyle. So, like, if you want to get faster, we need to stop looking at the shiny new thing, the new interval, a new shoe, new whatever. Like, you just have to get really good at the stuff that works. Some VO2 intervals, some lactate work, a lot of long, slow runs, hills, strength training, some corrective movement. And then some dietary things, like eating enough protein to fuel your runs appropriately. Like, or sorry, to recover from your runs appropriately. And then fueling your runs appropriately. Like all of these things, right? Like those are our basics when it comes to running well for a long time. And if you love running as much as you probably say you do, then this really shouldn't be too much of an issue. Like running is fascinating to me. It is just so cool. Like, it really is. I spent so much of my life thinking this is such a, such a boring activity, and I just couldn't have been more wrong. What it takes for the human body to be able to run 
and run well is unbelievable. Like, and you can choose any of those like things that are involved in that process to focus on improving. Like your gait, your cadence, your run cycle, your strength, your strength balance, like our posture, like any of this stuff we could focus on for days and love it and get better at it. And we would really, you would be a new, like a new runner in a year. I'm not a huge fan of that phrase, but you know what I mean. You would be so much better. And it, some of it might not be your favorite thing, but you focus on it for a little bit, learn to appreciate it because it helps you do your favorite thing. And if you need to make it a game, great, make it a game. See how much you can improve week to week. See if you can perfect your form. When I was increasing my cadence, I had to try and do a little better every time. So instead of running at 150 or whatever abysmal number I was running at at the time, I like bumped it up to 160 until most of my run was over that. And then I bumped it up to 165 until most of my run was over that. And then 170 until most of my run was over that. And I just kept bumping it up and looking at the data and making sure that my average kept moving upwards. And if I didn't, then I lost that day, right? Like make it a game. You have so much room for improvement. Like the best in the world wouldn't say they're perfect. People like Courtney DeWalter and Kipchoge work for years to make very small improvements. This is why what Courtney did at Western States was so incredible. Like she didn't just beat the record, she obliterated it by an hour. <laughs> like, and a lot of this just comes down to doing the same things over and over again, better every time. And stop looking at the newest diet regime or a different pair of shoes or like this new interval workout that you saw from your friend on Facebook. Just get great at a few things and you'll be a better runner than you can possibly imagine. And this doesn't mean phoning them in. This doesn't mean like, oh, I only have these five things and I show up and I do them and then I call it a day. This means like making sure you're good at them, making sure you see the improvements, see that cadence is improving, check, like ask, hire a coach if you need to, but make sure that the improvements happen week to week, that you're able to hold this pace a little more week to week. Joel just said, I don't have all the time in the world because I'm a night shift worker, but I do have the same time for the boring stuff on a consistent basis to get good at it. And exactly. And that's the reason we're seeing a lot of improvement and working this year. Work hard, get really good at the basics, and try to get a little better at them every week, and put in the effort that you say you want to put in, and you will see a lot of progress. Anyway, that's my little rant for the day. Sorry, I will do the thing on psychology next week. I think it actually really matters. It was a very important thing. We'll talk about it. Maybe I'll do a bonus this week. But this hit me, and these always turn out better when I have a fire under my ass. So I hope you have a really good rest of your night, and I will talk to you all later. Thank you for listening to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say, so thank you. To be clear, not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it. 
or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people, so the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to the Trail, an ultra-running training group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training, so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening.